Chapter 3 The Trip Two nights out on their four-day trip to Castletown, Tom contemplated hundreds of things he needed to do in the shop. What's wrong, Papa? You've not said much in the last several hours. Did I do something wrong? No, my son, Tom answered, staring ahead. Yet he neither saw the trees, nor the outlying sparse farmhouses, nor the farrier farms. He rarely spoke to sparse, passing fellow travelers, nodding politely as they strolled by. It's the holidays. They're coming. We're short on supplies for our annual gift-giving. How is that possible? George Charities, Tom said. Loch is to buy necessary clothing and materials to make toys. Many sources previously available to us are strapped for resources due to heavy taxes collected by Zeely. Tom breathed while tucking to rain for old Philly and Henry to turn a gentle corner. Many productive members of the community are taxed so heavily they are unable or unwilling to hire workers. Production has fallen. We just need more supplies as usual if we are to meet demand. Nicholas patted his father on the knee. These problems weigh heavily on your mind, Papa. Listening to the clip-clop of Philly and Henry's hooves, Nicholas lamented his options. To clear his mind, he tried diverting his attention by making out the patterns of stars created in the sky. Father, the night sky is so beautiful. What do you think is out there? The moon, the stars, the moon and the stars are there. Should there be anything else? I mean out there in the dark beyond the parts of the stars. It sounds like you've been thinking about this a lot. I have. I wish I could. I wish I could, Nicholas said. Go on, son. Tell me. What is it you wish? No, it's silly. Nicholas looked at Tom and to the sky. He took a deep breath. I wish. I wish I could fly. Fly? How, son? In my mind, I do. I can go anywhere in the world where people need me. I can visit every child in the world. I please. But that's not what you mean, is it? You're asking, how would I fly? If I would flap my arms like the wings of a bird? No, that's not the way. I want to fly in a way that will allow me to take others along. I would see, above all the villages and farms of the world, Nicholas glimpsed the distant sky. Then I would know every man, woman, and child's heart. Nicholas tucked his lips and pointed to the sky. On one special day... I would drive the wagon through the sky, he laughed, but now I sound like a child, or mad. Nicholas watched Henry and Philly lazily stride forward when he saw sparkles hovering above Philly's back. The light swirled and darted, streaming along a small circle in the air. Nicholas's eyes whirled as he followed the sparks. It dashed and began dancing over Henry's head. The light came together, concentrated into a humanoid shape. Another point of light danced and concentrated between Tom and Nicholas. The light faded as it became a second humanoid shape, barely discernible from the brilliance in which it was bathed. I recognize them. They're the... The color sprites. The light sprites, Tom injected. And the flora gnomes, Nicholas added, peering to the floorboards, where, in a flash, a gnome materialized at his feet. In one voice, they spoke. For a time... We shall accompany you on your journey. Nodding, both Tom and Nicholas approved. But, said the light sprite, hovering over Henry's head. It leaned into Henry's upturned ear. Henry's large eye glimpsed timorously backwards to Tom. A news alert comes to us over the airways, said the gnome in a tiny intonation. Listened. Tom and Nicholas did listen. The wind gently blew, steering vortices of leaves on the forest floor. 
A warm breeze swirled around their ears like the breath of angels. First sounding musical notes, the hum compressed into high-pitched words. Tom and Nicholas's eyes snapped to the dense, dark forest when the wildcats whined. Recognizing the winds, Tom placed his finger aside his nose and poked the air with his forefinger. Whispers in the wind. Listen. Celia is burning the villages. The coral voices quietly breathed. He is taking the food from the mouths of those who want it. He has taken the young stock, leaving the old animals to die. He has even inexplicably hurt formerly indomitable oddlings. Welcome back to Conversations with the Authors. I'm your host, Daniel Troop. And I'm Daryl. And I'm Sandra. Thank you to Alexander Nagarada for our intro. Listeners, readers, if you heard what I heard, that was an excerpt from the highly rated How Nicholas Became Santa Claus novel written by Daryl and Sandra, my parents, and we're going to talk about it. Okay, this scene was pretty crazy. So, um, we're introduced to the Whispers. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, Sandy, what the idea for these Whispers came from? These are the... They are the voice of the forest. They are the leaf litter in the ground. They okay. are the tipping titters of the trees. So this is like the, an information center. This is like their worldwide wood, if it were. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Uh, and Daryl, what's your thought about the whispers? How um, how do you feel about them in the, in the book? Well, I, I think they're germane to the story. It, mm-hmm. It's something she wrote, and we have to have some uh, method of communication and uh, like you said, it's the so worldwide wood, I guess. <laughs> and um, we 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 talked. We saw Nicholas growing up at the beginning of the story, uh, and we talked about that. And for those readers who are reading, you've seen it. Um, we're seeing, and if you know the name of the book, obviously Nicholas is going to become Santa Claus. It's in the name. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. That's what it is. So we're seeing some of his powers manifest uh and what was the idea of of bringing those powers in now well he had to start at some point so uh i thought this is i guess we both thought this was as good a time as any to gradually build those powers up and he's beginning to feel them Mm -hmm. And, and you talk about um will it drive the story will it move the story now was this really just this is going to move the story along or was there more of a creative um, or emotional uh, input here? Well, the, I, I, go on, Senator, you first. There was supposed to be more of an emotional input. This is where Nicholas was supposed to be seen as a human that is, is he has all the human characteristics he has. Think he's learning a little bit he's, uh, he's, that he's a little more than human. He's, <laughs> He's well, he finding got a touch out of magic to him. He's finding out that there are are things that he thinks, sees, does, and none of his human friends or people that he knows can do these things. And he's right, like so the, he's, the little kid that 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 first figures out 
he can say a naughty word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He tries to use it all the time. Mm -hmm. And he gets in trouble. And he needs to figure out when it's appropriate and when it isn't. Right, right. Well, that's something that happens down the line, I think. But right now, he's at the point where these things are just starting to come to him. Right, right. Okay. Um, Because, I mean, we understand that uh, St. Nicholas, from all of our uh, folklore, has uh, some powers to him. And uh, um, I'm interested to see uh, what manifests next. So he's sort of getting an idea of who may or may not be telling the truth uh, in regard in regards to this uh, uh, these these stories that are coming out about King Alexander Dobromel. Um, <clears throat> so I want to dip out of the cre- out of the story for a moment, and I want to ask you. Uh, how do you balance your time between um, your writing and your personal lives? Do you, uh, I mean, do you schedule writing sessions? Do you say, okay, well, I'm not working today, so I guess I'll write? Or do you set goals for yourself? Do you, are you like, well, I'm going to write three pages today, or I'm going to write a chapter? Or well, how do you actually go about that? And for our readers who want to be writers, um, what would you give them in, in advice? Well, I, I think for us we had a we had a deadline. Mm. Uh, okay, that will get you motivated. Yeah, definitely. Our our editor had a deadline, mm-hmm. and uh, so we decided we'd work on this uh, with regularity. Uh, sometimes we work when the uh, when the iron was hot, when we got an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd even stop whatever we were doing and say, "You know what? I got to write this right now." Is this one of those? You know, let's not eat dinner. Let's just let's just write this out. Well, at least kind of moments. Sometimes, 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 mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You, you I mean we have to? You have to when the inspiration hits. Right. Some you want to get that down on paper. Right. You're either going to make notes about it, or you're going to sit down and write. Uh-huh. Because I'm I'm working on something else right now, and I had to I had to stop and and write for a while. They, you should write every day, right? You right, know, and right. at least strive to do that. Especially and, if your editor so you can, is pressing you. Well, right. <laughs> even even right. aside from that, you should write every day, and and you should. Uh, uh, it, it keeps continuity going. Right. Now, I know as a, you know, I don't. It might differ as as, as novelist, but as a screenwriter, I know that there are times where I really got an idea in my head for a sequence. And uh, I just need to get it down. I, I just I feel like if I stop, I feel like you know, the idea is going to stop. Yeah, it's funny. You can you can get re- real good ideas, mm-hmm. and then in an hour you might not remember exactly what that was. So uh, sometimes you have a, a sequence of ideas, mm-hmm. and then you can't remember that sequence. Or even the next day you might say, well, what was it that I was thinking about? So you need to write that down. And whether you make notes of it or if you actually get on the paper and you just, in you, as you're writing the story, write it. Mm-hmm. That's important to do. Can you tell, without giving too much away, can you tell us a little bit about the floral gnomes that we see at, uh, you know, Nicholas's feet by the baseboards? The floral gnomes are called floral gnomes mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they take care of all flowers. <laughs> They know everything about every flower. They know whether it's benefit, whether it's a poison, whether it's a healer, whether it can just look nice, or whether they know the purpose of every flower. Mm -hmm. They know its name. They know its smell. 
They know. So they are the they are the uh, botanists of the. Uh, well, I guess that's their superpower, right? right? That's okay. <laughs> that is their superpower. All right. It takes one to know one, I guess. Mm-hmm. They also know the proper way. Now, are these floral gnomes like the creepy garden gnomes? That no, it's not like that. Are they? Because they're in the story. <laughs> you know what? You know, you, people, you can make them look any way that you want to make them look. I, I think people have made that weird. I think because uh, uh, it's in, in some way, in some perverse way, it's fun to make it weird. But they're they're not like that. They're not like that at all. And um, <laughs> we see again the color sprites and the light sprites uh, in this story. Now, whose idea was it to bring the light sprites in at this point? Was this was this all you, Sandy? Mostly. Mostly. Okay. Uh, so, um, so we get an, we have a interaction of a lot of the fantastic characters, including um, the was it wolves we heard in, mm-hmm. the, in the woods. Um, there are wolves. And you've decided on this um, congress of magical beings at this point, like and uh, speaking with Tom and and uh, do they just. They're neighbors. So they're familiar with Tom and, and Nicholas. They're, at this they're point their in neighbors. The and we saw them uh, in the beginning and we heard them in the prologue. Um, so how do, you, how do you think your book is going to appeal to not just fantasy fans, but to holiday fans? Because this is, in fact, a story about Santa Claus. I, I think it will be a... a especially good around the holiday too mm-hmm. i mean at any time but especially then because we're all in the spirit right right mm-hmm. we're all in the spirit then you know and so. i think that this book this novel uh as the you know the definition of novel is a medium that can be used uh you know started it, italian translation for short story or story and uh novel or or, or novels would be for uh, news right uh, and novels in their form, the fiction writing, are the most adaptable of all medium. And I think that this story is most definitely adaptable. I mean, do you see this as uh, movies and video games? And yeah, I mean, I know I've asked you about this before, but you know, it's been a little time. I'm wondering if maybe your thoughts have sort of honed in on a medium, or or, or what are you thinking? Well, I think this would. Be Broadway? <laughs> well, I don't know if it, a Broadway, all but, of the above. but but all I guess I I, I see it as a, as a live action or perhaps even a, a CGI, you know. But uh, I think that there are people out there who are chomping at the bit for something new and something exciting, and I I really think this is it. In fact, I know this is it. So some of you uh, producer types need to uh, get a hold of this book. And get a hold of us, and let's get this done. Let's well, do I've this, heard right? That a, a certain <laughs> certain uh, home box office is kind of looking at some uh, magical uh, IPs. Perhaps this is something they might want to also put under their belt. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Yeah, <clears throat> and, um, they'll be glad they did. This could even mm-hmm. be adapted into a several kinds of video games. It could be an RPG, like 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 an RPG. An RPG, RPG? a well, role-playing what? game, and yeah, I, I, you know, I don't yeah, know. Role, 
Gig. I don't know what that was. Yeah, but, well, yeah. It's, she's maybe a, it's a new genre. She's a writer. Yeah. You know, we need somebody to help right. guide us along with the uh, video thing. But it could, okay. also, it could also be turned into an educational game for little ones, mm-hmm. like Zoe mm-hmm. and... And yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and people, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, there are <laughs> definitely you know moments in the story that uh, lessons can be learned, but I think that the overall story is is uh, maybe maybe when they get to be about you know seven or eight years old, maybe that's yeah. more there. I agree. Depending on where you are in the <clears> book, <throat> and. Um, this, you know, this, I, this is entertainment. Yeah, this is entertainment. This is entertainment. This is entertainment. Okay. And I've, I've asked you before what makes your book stand out as a Santa Claus story. We talked about that in, I think it was episode one. But how do you feel your book is stands out uh, against the other fantasy stories, movies, video games that are out there? How do you feel that... Uh, uh, you know what makes it its own i suppose would be the question well it's an origin story it's uh it's an origin story but in the uh in uh like many of the 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 top fantasies uh that you witnessed on, on the screen like lord of the rings or like like the hobbit or like uh uh, uh you know any of the other Right. And like I, those stories, mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, and I, having read this book a few times, I've read further than you, or maybe I haven't. You should pick up the book. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> the world feels authentic. It feels like a place that I can visit. It feels like a place that these characters reside. Things happen. It feels like I can actually go into these different uh you know, realms and kingdoms, and and I know. wanted it to feel like you could walk into the backyard and just have tea with one of your neighbors, and one of the neighbors just happens to be not able to be seen, and yet another one, you have to look way up in order to talk to them and because just, they're. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I was reading something <clears throat> about consciousness a little while ago, and when we wake up in the morning. Every morning, our brain creates the world for us. Mm, it yeah. creates the consciousness. So, so, so I am the center of the universe. <laughs> the world does revolve around me. Well, it you know can. what? And, and without without your brain, then that there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a world. Without any of our brains, we wouldn't experience the world. Yeah. And my my point being that when you read and when you read this book. Uh, we're creating a world. We're creating a new consciousness where you can actually put yourself in there. You feel it, and so just like you said, uh, that uh, I can I can feel the world around me when I when I read this. That was the whole purpose to to be able to really experience it. Um, very quickly, um, for our readers who are writers, and our writers who are most definitely readers, how do you deal with? Uh, positive and negative uh, inputs when it comes to your book reviews or what have you. How do you? Uh, I mean, how do you move forward from uh, good news? It's great, but how do you move forward from bad news? Well, you know what? Bad news can is, is uh, has its value mm-hmm. too because uh, it can, sometimes can teach you lessons we, and things that you need to to know to do better the next time. Right. And sometimes it's valuable, and sometimes. It's Right, and you know what? Uh, speaking on that, I was mm-hmm. speaking with a friend of mine who was dealing with some relationship issues, 
and I was reminding her that all of our experiences, good or bad, are make us who we are. We learn from all of them, and without the bad things, we can't appreciate the good things. Of, of course, you know. But also, you know, we learn yeah. what we want. Yeah, yeah. So we have to learn to improve. You know, based I'm, off of what we hear. I'm not sure I'd ever want to fight for a general who's never lost a battle before because right, he doesn't right. know how to get me out of the situation or a pilot that doesn't know how to get me out of a dive. You know, so things that go wrong sometimes can teach uh, teach them how to make things go right. I would never want to work for a doctor that has not lost a patient. Oh, yeah. You know, the the book is uh, it's, an, it's an amazing read and I'm really enjoying it. And these... Uh, Whispers. What do you call them here? They're just whispers. My these, whispers. These whispers <coughs> are some of my favorite bits in the story so far. And uh, they're whispering to Nicholas about warnings. And perhaps they're whispering to you about picking up the book. If you'd like to pick up the book, you can pick up the book at troopbooks.com. There you'll find the uh, publisher page where you can purchase a paperback or a hard cover. Also, you can visit the Facebook page at TroopBooks.com, Instagram at TroopBooks. You can visit the TikTok at TroopBooks. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, I'm sure Daryl and Sandy would agree that, please feel free to submit a question or a statement, and we'd love to read it and uh, get back to you. Uh, and hopefully have a conversation with our authors next time on Conversation with the Authors. Thank you.